save my soul. Praise God. Lord bless you. We may have a long night tonight, so uh, let's get comfortable in our chairs. Thank you, singers. Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Nah, I'm just messing with y'all. Hallelujah. But I, I would like just to talk to us for a while. Praise God. I'm not going to. Well, I tell you, I've been enjoying the glory of God. Brother Moore talking about the glory of God. And uh, I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. I'd be afraid I'd mess it up. But, man, I, I like that, the glory of God. I tell you, uh, <laughs> we got to have it, folks. And I'm telling you, we're in, we're in error if we're trying to work the works of God without it. We're trying to do something that is impossible. There's nothing that's fake, that's a sham, that's a facade, a false-fronted building. There's none of that stuff that can take the place of the glory of God, the genuine power and spirit of the Almighty God. I don't care how many charlatans there are out there that's doing this and saying that and, and convincing some people of this and convincing some people of that. And, and uh, if you'll send me a lock of your hair and a little salt and a, and a little this, or if you'll do that, and I'll send you a bottle of my miracle healing water and God's going to bless you and you're going to get a check in the mail, just send me this. Folks, I'm telling you, there's all kind of crazy stuff out there. I've been listening to them on the radio for about 40 years now. I used to listen to them on the AM coming home, and I'd get that WLAC and some of them other, uh, one of them other channels that have uh, the preachers on at night, and there'd be some of them, man, they were wild. They'd have some wild stuff to say. But I like to listen to them sometimes because it never, it never ceased to amaze me, Brother Jerry, and how far some of them can get out there and still get people hooked and believe in that junk. There is a clear message. And there is a clear voice of God. That when you are in obedience to that voice. And to what that voice has given you to do. That there is unmistakable, undeniable power and authority in obedience to God and to His Word, to His voice. It cannot be, uh, uh, you cannot make it better because the Word of God is truth. And, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And you cannot, you cannot, uh, 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 you know, you cannot exaggerate and make it better you can't you can't uh, you can't uh, demote from or take away from and 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 and, and hope to have uh, uh, somebody to come in and it'd be all right or or to uh, appease the masses if you will uh, and, and think that I, I'm doing the work of God because more people are coming in they're hearing about Jesus but I'm going to tell you what the enemy says hath God said Thou shalt not eat. 
I don't know why I'm here. Because that's not what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> but I'm telling you, for us to have the glory of God in this place. Did you know that that, that, that cloud and that pillar of cloud and that pillar of fire... That Sister Mel, that all the time when it came down on, on that tabernacle and rested. And they didn't leave the camp. They went in and out and ministered. But it was when God was pleased with His sacrifice and what they had done. That when that cloud came down on that tabernacle, He said Moses couldn't see how to minister therein. There is a difference of just having God with you and having God surround you and to accept what you are and what you're doing and the glory of God to be evident in a measure that cannot be denied. Skeptics can scoff, but they couldn't say anything against Peter and John or against Jesus because of the notable miracle that was done and they could not deny it. They had to find some reason to find fault. You did this on the Sabbath day at one place. I'm going to read something. Hallelujah. Oh, it's 743. And uh, I'm going to try to do like Pastor Moore, okay? Hallelujah. I'm going to talk just a little bit about something that's kind of been on my mind and uh, off and on for a little bit of time, for a while maybe. And uh, hallelujah, hallelujah. How many glad that you, that you are a part of the kingdom of God today? Well, hallelujah. Brooks a million, I want you to be, you need to be praying for your Uncle Paul. And uh, you don't have to wear these glasses to see, to read. Hallelujah. I didn't give it a title. Uh, I thought of a bunch, but uh, be that as it may. I want to read, uh, let's read a, a verse of scripture and uh, don't try to figure it out because I'm not sure that you'll fare too well with that. Let me uh, change mics, how about that? Matthew eleven twelve. Matthew 11 and 12. Everybody got it? Say amen. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it. By force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied 
until John. And it's sister verse, it's like it. It's found in Luke 16 and 16. And uh, it says it like this. The law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached. And every man presseth into it. Presseth in the kingdom of God, suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Go help me pray right now and ask God to help us to hear tonight. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you for your greatness, your power, your majesty, your might, your strength, your truth. God, give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say to the church. Help me, God, to do a good job. Help me, God, to say what you would like for us to hear. God, just be with us. God, we want your will to be done. We ask you, God, that you would accomplish the thing that you have set forth to do by your word in this place tonight. Help me, God, to say words of enrichment to the lives of your children, your people, the saints of the Most High God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Touch us. Make us alive in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Clap your hands as you're seated in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. So if you would like to follow me tonight, I will be talking to you from the book of Esther. Yeah, I'm going to talk to you from the, the book of Esther. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm not sure I'm getting across that. Well, I've got to get closer to the mic maybe. Hallelujah. If anybody has any trouble hearing me, you let me know and I'll, I'll do something different so you can hear. Hallelujah. I don't want you to not hear. There's nothing uh, any more, I say, aggravating than to try to hear something and can't hear it. Hallelujah. And I, I, I empathize a little bit with, uh, with those with hearing loss that would love to hear and can't. And because you can hear, you need to hear what God is saying and get a hold of it in your heart and not just hear with your ear. But make sure you hear with your ear so that you can hear with your heart and understand. Because if you're determined to hear what is being said and you're longing to hear that, then chances are it'll do some good in your life. Because you're wanting to hear what the man of God or the preacher might be saying. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and uh, I, I, I don't know. I was reading this here a, a while back. It's been a good, a good little bit, and this thought's been kind of with me. I, I didn't write anything down, and, um, you know, I, it's just been some things in prayer and reading the Word one morning that God, it just, you know, it just kind of, phew, done that number, click, and uh and, uh, and uh, all of us know the story now. If, if, if you think about Esther, um, and when you look in, and read the book of Esther, it really doesn't mention 
Jehovah. You ever notice that? Anybody ever read the book of Esther and notice that it really doesn't talk about? Uh, and the Lord said to Moses, and the Lord said, and, and Mordecai said, I will not bow to you, for the Lord my God says I cannot bow. It does not say that in here. But I would like to draw some parallels to where what, what we have today and what happened in the book of Esther. Uh, I'm, not going to, I'm trying not to be long, but I don't know how in the world people can say a whole lot of stuff in, in just a few minutes and be done. Uh, but I'm going to try. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, uh, but, we, but we see the story of Esther. I just, uh, uh, and, and it begins with uh, that Ahasuerus. He's not been the ruler very long, right? And he's got all of his princes and his governors. And uh, he said, let's have a big feast. And after so many days, I believe it was about seven days, uh, that the queen Vestai, his queen, uh, she's entertaining the ladies and he's entertaining the men. And uh, so it is that after so many days of drinking and stuff, and if you wanted to drink, fine. It was a law that said, and he says, whoever wants to drink, they can drink. If they don't want to drink, whatever they want to drink, they can drink whatever they want to drink. They don't have to drink wine. They don't have to drink strong drink. They can drink whatever they want. That's the way it's going to be, and that's the law. And so that's the way it was. So it, it's not like it was just a total, uh, you do what I say, in a, a drunken party, but... He's entertaining the men, and after he said his heart was merry after so many days, that, that uh, he called for the queen. Now, it does not say that he asked her to do anything that was uh, out there. And when it talks about beds, uh, you know, I, I read up on that the other day a while back, and then I've I seen again today that uh, the beds were like couches and stuff. And if, if you've ever seen any pictures of those times, it's, their uh, chairs and stuff, they kind of had lounges like that they lounged on rather than sit. So they called the, the beds. And, and uh, he called for her because she was beautiful. And he, he wanted just to show her off and show them that, hey, look, this is my queen and she's beautiful. And uh, Vashti determined that she would not listen to the voice of the king. And would not give heed to what he had asked her to do. And so when she decides that she's not going to go to the king. That the king is wroth and angry. And his countenance changed. And he calls his wise men and his council together and princes. And asks them, what are we going to do? And they tell him, says, uh, uh, well... What you need to do is you need to send a message to all the, the rest of the ladies and all the wives of the rest of the kingdom and the princes and all them that are under thy rule of the 127 provinces that you're over. And let them know that this cannot happen and she can no longer be queen. Cast her out as queen. Push her to the side. And uh, after so many days, again, he says, so... What are we going to do for we have no queen? He says, you need to get and search out all the land. And I know you know the story, but just let me, let me reiterate it again a little bit if I can. And uh, 
We want you to search out the land. And we want you to look and see among all the fair maidens and the virgins out there. And we will choose and let you choose. And we will bring the best and the, the, those that are seemeth the best unto you and you can choose you a queen from among those that will hear your voice and and it is so that uh, after they have uh, went through the kingdom uh, there's a guy that has a uh, if you would if I could put it this way that has a niece that he has adopted her parents had died when she was young and he took her in and raised her as his own so uh, if, if I could, I would like to use that word, although she wasn't really adopted, but we could say that in a sense she basically was. But uh, uh, her uncle Mordecai, or Mordecai, or, or Mordecai, however you want to say his name now. Just, but anyway, I'm not going to say it every way, every one of them ways while I'm talking. So just, just bear with me, okay? Uh, that Esther is chosen, and when she comes and presents herself, that the chamberlain says, oh man, I like this girl. There is something about her presence. There is something about her demeanor. There is something about her that is not like all of the rest of them. And she found favor in his sight. And it was so that in the span of time as time goes on that he he gives her her purification and it tells you the manner of purification that it's uh, so many days of this and so many days of this sweet perfume and old baths and all that stuff and the purifying of the women it was after this manner and that and buddy I mean they they lavish it on them I mean it was it, it was something uh, and uh, I wouldn't like it but I ain't a lady Hallelujah. Some of you ladies would have felt spoiled, I'm sure. But, um, and when it come time for her to come before the king to present herself, she said, I want nothing more than the thing that you say for me to take and the thing that you desire of me to take to the king. That's what I will take. And so Mordecai, he's trying to keep up with what's going on with Esther. He's sitting at the king's gate. And while he's sitting at the king's gate, there's two guys, you know, they're wanting to take out, they're mad with the king for some reason. And so Mordecai, he lets some more people know, and they go and they tell the king, and the king looks into his top people and finds out, sure enough, two of his top guys Want to try to take him out. And so he hangs him away with them. And uh, so in the next few months or weeks, however long it's taken them, they make Esther queen because when she comes in before the king, it said he loved her. Well, hallelujah. Well, aren't you glad that Jesus loves you? I said, aren't you glad that Jesus loves you? And it was so that he, he made her, and from the way I look at or read it, it seems as though that that initial appearance of her in the presence of the king, that he anoints her queen. 
over the land, over the 127 provinces. And here's the thing that I just just want to kind of bring out just real quick about Vashti. If you're not careful, and if I'm not careful, it doesn't matter that we're the queen or that we're the princess or that we're the bride. God had a church. He had the Old Testament church. He had those that followed the law of Moses. But when he had bidden them to come, and when he came unto his own, and his own received him not, he said, I will turn my back to them, and I will turn to a people that will love me just because they love me. Well, hallelujah. So what you need to understand tonight is, is that there are parallels in this all the way through the book of Esther and the happenings in the book of Esther that lets me know that, hey, I, I could be a part of the kingdom of God, but just because he called me, hey, I don't, I don't have the luxury of laying down. I don't have the luxury of doing the thing that I want to do when the master bids me to come. Because when the king says come, his word is law. And what the king desires is what the whole kingdom is supposed to desire. Hey, friend, if you want to be a part of the kingdom, of God and remain a part of the kingdom of God you got to hear the voice of the king and when he calls make sure that those that are bidden they come and that they come and partake of the supper of God now in your New Testament Luke 14 16 through 24 uh, it talks about those that were bidden. Matthew 22 and 8. It talks about those. Who were bidden to come. And. Uh, they did not come. Let's see if I got that. And the king heard thereof and was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murderers and burnt up their city. And saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. He sent it to them to come to the marriage feast, to the wedding of his son, and they that were bidden would not come, and finally they slew those that went out to give the bidding and done them and entreated them badly. And the king says, uh-uh. And their life was not counted worthy of anything at all. But they that were bidden were found not worthy. In Luke 14, it says this, basically the same thing. It says, for they that were bidden were not worthy. 
to partake and to come. Hallelujah. Fixing to get rough around here, I think. Praise God. It's going to be all right. It's going to be good before it's over, though. Hallelujah. I'm in the wrong place. I must have wrote it down backwards. Oh, well. So much for that. Hallelujah. <laughs> I wrote it down wrong because what I got wrote down, it sure ain't what I was talking about. But anyway, you can find it in Luke. Look, look it up for yourself. <laughs> so it's, uh, I got Luke 14, 16 through 24, those bidden to suffer. And uh, evidently that's not where he is. Hallelujah. So anyway, you get the gist of what I'm trying to say. And so in the, in the, in the span of time goes on after Esther is made queen over the land. There's a guy called Haman that gets set up by the king. And he's given the authority of the king and is given the, the ring of authority of the king for to carry out a need that needed to be carried out. And so him thinking that he himself is some great thing, he decides that, uh, you know, I believe I can take things pretty good on my own. And uh, I believe I, I believe I'm as smart as the king. And so uh, it is that when he finds out he's going in and out and everybody's supposed to bow to him, that Mordecai would not bow. And when he finds out that Mordecai doesn't bow to him, and it doesn't say that he doesn't do it because of God, but we all know that the Jews, because of their religion, and it, it kind of intimates that a little bit, about uh, because Haman says, he says, there's a people out there that they don't follow our laws, and they don't do things the way that we do things. And, and they've got their own set of rules, and uh, they really don't go with the flow, so to speak. And uh, he said, and uh, I would like for you to give me the authority to write letters to all the provinces and to all the princes to get rid of these people. That on a certain day of, a, of the month and the year of so long a time that they can rise up and destroy those people out of the land because... They don't go by what you're saying. And, and all the time, the thing that really rankled that caused all of this to happen was because Mordecai was the only one that sat in the gate and he would not bow. And when they bring it up to him, he just, he says, I don't know. He just wouldn't bow. There was something in his crawl. He would not bow. And uh, so just let me surmise that it's because that he had heard Somewhere. Now, they've been in captivity for about a hundred years. 
So there's been a, a loss of, uh, of that closeness. They don't have it like they had it in the wilderness with Moses and Aaron and with uh, Joshua and going into the land of promise where they had it and they had those priests and they had their prophets and they taught them, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord and the Ten Commandments, Thou shalt have no other God before thee and thou shalt not make any likeness of anything in the earth or the heaven above or anything and make an image there to and bow thyself down to it and worship it surely he knew that and there was there was that much of the law left unto them and there was that much that he had heard and Mordecai would not bow to Haman and man it got his goat and so it was that in the as time goes on, that, that it's just eaten more and more. And so he devised the plan. He sends the letters out. He seals it with the signet ring of the king. Now, the king gave him his own ring. And, and they say normally it's a wax seal or something. But I don't know if they had ink. If they did, then they used ink maybe. But he would put that seal on the paper and send it out. And they sent it out and they posted it in all the provinces and all the capital cities and all the places where anybody may come so they would see and know and when Mordecai seen it he began to weep and he put on sackcloth and ashes and sat at the gate now he's outside the gate because you can't do it inside the gate and so it's it, it just struck me that it was, a, it was a type, almost a type of Christ that is said that he suffered without the camp as though he was one because it was as though he was a leper. How many of you know that a leper couldn't come in the camp but they had to live outside the camp, outside the gate, the tent of the city? Oh yeah, they had to live outside and it was so that uh, Jesus became the scapegoat and the scapegoat was took out by a worthy man and, and he took, well, he took our sins but uh, he suffered without the gate, without the camp, it was said. And so here he sits in sackcloth and ashes and, and, uh, and when they find out and Esther hears, well, the story, she says, I got to do something about this. Says, look, Mordecai, get up. Get you something to eat and drink, he said, and get you some clothes. She sent him some clothes, but he wouldn't hear. He says, don't you know what's going to happen to your people? And don't you understand that you're going to fare no better than anybody else? But you're going to be taken, and you're going to be enslaved or killed and destroyed in your father's house, destroyed. And if you don't stand up now and stand up for your people, that there's going to be destruction he said, but if not, there'll be destruction for you, but God will bring another deliverer, whether it be you or somebody else. He'll raise somebody up that'll be for their enlightenment or for, for their escape. And says, so she says, I'll tell you what you do. Let's call a fast. And we're going to fast and we're not going to eat anything for three days. And then I'll go into the king. For you do know that there's one law of the Medes and the Persians. He said that if you go into the king and he has not bid you to come. And he has not bid me these 30 days. said he has not called me. Says that there's one law and that's that you die. Except that scepter be extended to you. And so it was after three days and the whole nation, the Jews, they're mourning everywhere because the, the edict of death was upon them that the people would rise up and they would have no chance to defend themselves. But 
It was only an edict against the Jews for them to be destroyed throughout the whole kingdom. And it was so that after the three days that she puts on her royal apparel, and she decides that now's the time to go in before the king. And it was, wow. <laughs> Boy, y'all quiet. I, I, I mean, I said it the other night, night <laughs> but it's quiet in this place. You could hear a rat licking ice. <laughs> Hallelujah. Am I boring y'all to death? Uh, am I making any sense yet at all? <laughs> well, maybe I will. Hallelujah. <laughs> You're looking at me with expectation. So let's go. Hallelujah. And so <clears throat> it says that uh, when she walks in and presents herself, and, she's, and she kind of just like slips into the side that the king notices her standing in the court. And it was that when he noticed her, that he held out the scepter unto her. And it was so when the king saw Esther, the queen standing in the court, that she obtained favor in his sight, and the king held out the scepter, golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther? And what is thy request? It shall be given thee to the half of the kingdom. And Esther answered, If it seem good to the king, let the king and Haman come this day unto the banquet that I have prepared for him. Then the king said, Cause Haman to make haste, that he may do as Esther hath said. So the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared. And the king said unto Esther at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? Even to the half of the kingdom. And it shall be performed. Then answered Esther and said, My petition and my request is, I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it please the king to grant my petition to perform my request, let the king and Haman come to the banquet that I shall prepare for them, and I will do tomorrow as the king has said. Then went Haman forth that day with joyful and with glad heart, and when Haman saw Mordecai at the king's gate, then he stood that he stood not up nor moved for him, he was full of indignation against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman refrained himself, and when he came home, he sent and called for his friends and Zeresh, his wife, and Haman told them of the glory of his riches and all that stuff that I have above all the princes and servants of the king. Haman said, Moreover, yea, Esther the queen did let no man come to the banquet with the queen but me. And she's going to prepare that for us tomorrow. Yea. All this availeth me nothing as long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. Did you know, angel darling little saints, saints of the Most High God, the enlightened ones, those called according to his purpose, that the enemy really does hate you 
And all of those people and those minions out there that are bowing, he cares nothing about that. But the only thing he sees is when he sees you and you're not bowing to him and you're not doing the things that he wants you to do, and you've determined in your heart that you're going to walk with God, it doesn't matter if you have to walk one way and everybody else is walking the other way. You've always heard that story. Said, uh, I had a black guy who used to say this at work. He'd go, uh, he said one day, he goes, you're that guy. You're, you're one of them. He said, all the kids in class, they, they all walking. They all walking toward this way to the lunchroom or wherever they're going. And said, you're the only one walking the other way. And your mom and everybody said, oh, he's my baby. He's doing the only one being right. He's the only one being right. I said, I'm glad you see that. I said, most people don't see that. I said, I'm glad you recognize that because you're right. I am right. And then it goes on from there. You can imagine. But you know me. Uh, hallelujah. When, it, when it's right, it's right. Now, I'm not saying it to be boastful or bragging, but when the truth is the truth, it's the truth. And you can't, you, oh, I've said it, and I'm going to say it again. You cannot you can't build on it and make it better and it'd be truth. It just, you can't touch it. It's, it's something that you can't, you can't mess with. If you tainted it all, it's no good. It's like one little drop of gasoline and five gallons of water. You know what that water tastes like from then on? You guessed it. Doesn't matter if it's five gallons, it could be ten. One drop of gasoline tastes the whole. A little leaven leaveneth what? And so that's why it's so important for us to remember. Hey, we, it doesn't matter what the rest of the world is doing. God has called us for a specific time and to a specific purpose. And that's what Mordecai said to Esther. For how knowest thou? That thou hast been called to the kingdom just for this reason right here. And it is so that, that Vashti is a, is a type of the church in the wilderness. Or the type of the Old Testament church. And that Esther is a, 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 a type of the church of the New Testament uh, in the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a, it, is a, I, uh, it is this story, uh, if I could say it this way, is a, uh, the, the, the testament of two wheels or, or two covenants and, and it's, uh, it's a parallel of the, the things that the, the law, how it brought us up uh, because of, uh, when they sent the decree out, it was death to the Jews. And uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I don't want to, uh, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't, I, I got to stop. Uh, but, but, but what we got to understand is that, is that for, for, for us to be, uh, oh, uh, for the glory of God to be evident in us and uh, to be re revealed in us, there has to be a, a something that transpires in, in, our, in our makeup, in our, in our heart, in our spirit, and in our walk with God, that, that we go from where uh, a place of just, uh, just seeming to go with the flow to a place where Peter found himself he just walked with the other 12 and he heard the things of God and 
and he spoke real quickly what was in his heart and in his mind. You didn't have to worry about what Peter was thinking because what come it was like a foot and mouth disease. You know what I'm saying? That he would just say, "Whoop!" It would come right on out, and he would speak it. He, he didn't have any. You know, any qualms about what he was thinking, he just let them know right off the bat. He, and, and you know what he was thinking in the garden? I'm gonna take this guy's head off, but he missed. He didn't aim one too good with the sword because he wasn't used to swinging a sword and he cut his ear off. I let you know what type of man he was. But but after the day of Pentecost, he, he wasn't just going with the flow anymore, brother brother Brennan. But that something got a hold of him. There was a there was a power that came down, and there was a voice and the obedience of faith in God or in Christ Jesus. Then he heard the words that he knew after he had denied him, and then God had come and accepted him back into the fold hallelujah he said feed my lambs Peter he said feed my lambs hey I got bread and fish on the fire but lovest thou me more than these I want you to feed my sheep and so on the day of Pentecost after he come out of there it wasn't no more going with the flow he wasn't just a part of the crowd or a part of the good old boys or a part of the of the ministerial crowd of the school of the prophets if you please but he stepped out like Elijah and he stepped out like Elisha and he came out of the upper room on the day of Pentecost and began to preach unto them the word of God without fear or favor and then on the third chapter he took a man by the hand that had been lame for 38 years and he grabbed him by the hand and said silver and gold have I not but what I got now I can give it to you get up in Jesus name and there, there has to be something that uh, transpires in our spirits, in our hearts, in our minds that, 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 that takes us to that three days of prayer and fasting. That takes us to that 40 days. Not very many people, they say it's impossible to do. Well, they come too late to tell me that. I know they're real smart and they know all this kind of stuff about this, that, and the other and everything. And all and stuff and everything. And they figured out how the body works and this and that. and How much water you can drink and it'd be good for you. And we were talking about the salt the other night, how much salt you can drink, electrolytes, this, that, and the other. And you, you can drink water and, and still have a heat stroke and still be dehydrated and all that kind of stuff. I don't know about you. But whatever I find in the Word of God, I, I am uh, I'm most assuredly probably going to go with that. And I don't care if it hairly ups every devil in hell and every dog in Vendale, as Brother Buford used to say. Doesn't matter to me. Because if the Word of God gives me some, let me, let me tell you something, saints of God. There's power in the voice and the word of the King. That's in your Bible, too. 
And when your king bids you something or gives you something, get a hold of it. I don't care how many incidences they've got to tell you, well, brother so-and-so happened and sister so-and-so and them, they, this happened and the same. And this sister so-and-so and, and, you know, God didn't, God didn't, God didn't. I know that. That's good. I mean, that's bad or whatever it is. I, I get it. I get it. But I get what he said. If he gave me a promise, I don't have to take what they had to take. I can have what he said I can have. Doesn't matter what sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so, what happened to them, and they were good people and they were blessed of God and all this. It doesn't matter about that. Doesn't matter that Job lost everything that he had. And God had to restore that to him. Doesn't matter about that. The thing that matters is will you believe God before? And then if it happens, will you hold to him through it all? Because his ways are not your ways, neither his thoughts, your thoughts. And so it is that Haman, man, he just cannot stand it. And uh, let me get, let me get, let me, let me, let me, let me get through this. Hallelujah. Praise God. And uh, so he goes home and he said, I tell you what you do. Then Zeres and her, his wife and all his friends said, let a gallows be made of 50 cubits high, 75 feet. Just off the ground, you know what I'm saying? That roof right there is about, it's probably less than 20. It might, it might be 20, but I don't think so. 75 feet, he built that rig. Because he wants everybody to come by to see that dude. I really don't like this guy. And the devil, he really likes to parade. The saints of the Most High God on the gallows. Look at here what I got, y'all. <laughs> he just waiting on you to dirty yourself up. Say, got him a big, tall flagpole. He may not hang you on the gallows. He may not be able to kill you and hang you dead. But he'll sure enough run that thing through your belt loops and run you up all the way to the top of the flagpole so everybody coming by can see you waving in the wind. Look at here. He dirtied up. <laughs> Ooh, good two shoes. He thought he was had a bucket of chicken. He, he trusted in the Lord his God. What's he gonna do now? When I fall, anybody got any idea what I gotta do? I will arise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because when I sit in darkness, the Lord, he's still the light. Because, <laughs> Lord, the God that I serve, he is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Hey, if you'll look to him, he will lighten your path, and you won't stray, but you got to look for him. you got to look for him. you got to seek him out. And so Haman, he, you know, he's, he's got his thing done. And I uh, can't keep up with my place. The wind's blowing my pages. Or I'm blowing them. Something. And so, oh, man, he's just jittery and gittery. But that night, ah, the king, he's got him a dream. Or not a dream, but he can't sleep. And so, evidently, it went over into the morning or early or whatever. Because when, when they finally, I don't know how long they read. said, but they bought the 
book of the Chronicles of the Kings and read it before the king. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of Big Thana and Teresh, Big Thana and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains and keepers of the door, sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. And the king said, What honor and dignity hath been done to Mordecai for this? And the king's servant said, Nothing. And the king said, Who is in the court? Now Haman was coming to the outward court of the king's house to speak to the king to hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. And the king's servant said unto him, Behold, Haman standeth in the court. And the king says, Oh, let him come in. He's got my ring and all that stuff. He's just the right guy. I mean, he, he's my right-hand man. He's my servant. He thinks I'm all that in a bucket of chicken. And uh, did you know that Jesus kind of talked about that too? He talked about when you get bidden to a, a, a party or a feast or a big shindig. Don't go sit in a big seat first and the seat of honor. He said, go sit down somewhere down below. He said, for them that exalt themselves shall abase, but them that abase themselves shall be exalted. He said, because they might come in a big wig bigger than you, and they'd say, hey, you need to get up and let this guy sit there. Go down yonder and sit. And so he's going. So Haman came in, and the king said, what shall be done to the man whom the king delighted to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, whom would the king delight to do honor than more than himself? So he says, huh, that's going to be me. So let the royal apparel be brought, which the king uses to wear, and the horse that the king rideth upon, and the royal crown that is set upon his head, and let the apparel and the horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes, that they may array the man withal, whom the king delighted to honor, and bring him on horseback through the street of the city, and proclaim before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delighted to honor. Then the king said to Haman, Make haste, and take the apparel and the horse, and as thou hast said, and do even to Mordecai the Jew that sitteth at the king's gate. Let nothing fail of all that thou hast spoken. Then took Haman the apparel and the horse and arrayed Mordecai and brought him through a horseback on the street and paraded him up and down and proclaimed before him, Thus shall it be done to the man that the king delighted to honor. And Mordecai came again to the king's gate. Man, I... I could talk about this for, but anyway, I got to quit. I got to hurry up. It is 828. What time does Brother Moore usually quit? About 830-ish. <sighs> Ish. <laughs> I feel like I'm in my Sunday school class almost. Hallelujah. I'm getting warmed up. If I get to feeling like that, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, I'm, I'm picking with y'all. I love the word of God. I tell you, uh, hey, hey, there's treasures in here that, hey, we don't even, we, we can't even imagine. We just got to dig them out. We just got to dig them out. Uh, and so it was that um, he, he, when he comes home, you can imagine, he gets home and he tells his wife, you won't believe what just happened. And he told her the deal. And she says, and his friend says, uh-oh, the tables are turned. It's not good for you, Haman. 
because there's evil determined. He says, but he says, uh, if Mordecai be of the seed of the Jews before whom thou hast begun to fall, thou shalt not prevail against him, but shalt surely fall before him. And while they were yet talking with him, came the king's chamberlains and hasted to bring Haman to the banquet that Esther had prepared. So, I'm not going to go into that, but I want to I I get to, because time's given up on me. Uh, somebody wants to come and start playing, that would be fine, because I'm just going to, I might have to pick it up sometime, and, and I, I want to finish, I want to get the main, main thing here. Uh, and, uh, and it is so that, uh, that she has her banquet, and then he asks her, what is it that I can do for you when she comes back in before him? She said, there's been evil determined against my people, and they are being, going to be destroyed at such and such a time, and the time is drawing near. And uh, he said, well, who hath done this thing? And he says, it's him, Haman. He hath, and the king was wroth because he really loved Esther. Let me tell you, saint of God. Jesus loves you with an unspeakable love. He knows you're not going to be perfect in everything you do. But he's given you a spirit that is perfect. The Holy Ghost is perfection in you. You've got to let it mold you. You got to let it have its hands on you. This is a hands-on experience. Those unseen hands. And they live in you. For in him we live, we move and we have our being. And he's reaching for your lump of clay every day. And he's just fashioning it to whatever he needs for it to be for that day, for that moment and that hour. I asked God, I said, God, please just let me be something. Whatever it needs to be today. Because we live in now time. We don't live in yesterday's stories and yesterday's things. The things that we have accomplished and gone through and the, the happiness, the joys, the sorrows of yesterday are, are yesterday. Oh yeah, they, 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 they have a way of intruding into our present. But they're, those things really they can't happen again. They've, they're gone. There will be another happen like it, maybe. But it's not going to be the same one. And so, because we're so finite that, and we live in a, a world that is 
is limited and that there's going to be a day when time shall be no more. Y'all all understand that time is one day going to just go away. It's going to be no more. That it, that we have to find a way to get ourselves into the king's court. Because if we'll do that, what is it you want? I'll give you the kingdom if that's what it takes. And Jesus said it this way. For it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Not a part. The kingdom. Because the kingdom of God is in you. Because you are the house, the temple of the living God. He said, I will be their God and they shall be And it was so that when he comes back in that he had fallen before Esther and was begging for her to and the king sees that and said, well, he forced the queen also in my presence. They said, well, you know, he's got a gallows. He made a gallows to hang Mordecai on. He says, take him out. That's good. Hang him on that. And they took him out and hung him on his own gallows. Let me tell you something. The enemy has no more power over you than a stray dog. If you'll just submit yourself to God and resist the devil. Brother Ford, it sounds easy. But if you really do it, it is easy. The way of the transgressor is hard. But the thing about living for God, you got to be like Esther. You got to say, if I live, I live. If I die, I die. But Jesus says, I say unto you, live. When thou was polluted in thy blood, I saw you. And you was nasty and corrupt and no good and filthy and unwanted by anything or anybody. He said, I said unto you, live. Live. There's life. And so it was the edict of death still hung over the Jew's head. And you know, the law of the Medes and Persians cannot be altered or changed. So he, the king had no power to change that and take that law away done sent out and done sealed with the king's seal but he called in Mordecai before the king and the king took off his ring which he had taken from Haman and gave it to Mordecai and Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman and Esther spake again before the king and fell down at his feet and besought him with tears to put away the mischief of Haman the Agite 
Then the king held out the golden scepter toward Esther again, and Esther arose and stood before the king and said, If it please the king, and if I found favor in his sight, and the thing seemed to be right for the king, and I be pleasing in his eyes, let it be written to the reverse, to reverse the letters devised by Haman the son of Hamadiah the Agathite, a Gagite or whatever, and uh, which he wrote to destroy the Jews, which are in all the provinces. For how can I endure to see the evil that comes upon my own people or endure the destruction of my kindred? And the king of Hazard said to the queen and to Mordecai, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and him have they hanged on the gallows because he laid his hand upon the Jews. Write ye also for the Jews as it liketh you in the king's name. And seal it with the king's ring. For the writing which is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's ring may no man reverse. Then were the king's scribes called in the third month. And they wrote all that Mordecai commanded them, the lieutenants and provinces and all in, this, in all their languages. And sealed it with the king's ring and sent it by post. And it gave them the right to take up arms and to fight and defend their lives. Scripture I read at the start. God's called you to a battle. You can't even get in this without a fight. You get in with a struggle. Eve, in sorrow, pain shalt thou, in travail shalt thou conceive and bear, child. It's a struggle. To be born into the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God suffereth violence. The violent. Him that is a thirst, let him come and take of the water of life freely. And once you get into the kingdom of God, you've got to fight for your life. It's the parallel of Old Testament church and New Testament church. The Apostle Paul said it kind of like this. He goes, he says, I can remember. He says, for the law, which was good, he said, I found to be death in me. And said, and so, the thing that was meant for life was working in me death. And so that Old Testament law, it let me know the ravages and the depth and the, and the sinfulness of sin. 
And by that, it, it, it's, it's working in my flesh because I had no, I had no help and there was no, there was no sacrifice to take away sin. It just rolled it ahead. And there was always that remembrance every year of the sin. He said, but it brought me into captivity and let me know that I'm flesh and, 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 I, and I'm sold in sin and I, I need some help. And the thing that was meant for life that was good and was right. Righteous and holy. It was working death in me. I can't change that because I didn't come to change the law. He said, I come to fulfill the law. I didn't come to take away. It can't be changed. You think the law of the Medes and Persians Persians or something, it ain't nothing. The Word of God is forever settled in heaven. It will never pass away. It's truth. It will never fail. The promises of God are in Christ Jesus. Yea, and in Him there amen. He will never change. And His Word is ever efficacious there is no failure in him and so we see that this that this uh, it's as though that uh, that Mordecai is a is a uh I don't know, type of Christ or pastor for the queen. The New Testament church. Stand. I'm through. I'm just about. I'm. I'm done. I'm. I've. Uh, oh man. Whew. I thought it would only been five minutes. It's been fifteen. First uh, Peter two. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained The writer of Hebrews, the Apostle Paul, says it this way, if if I could say that. He says, because our, our covenant is built on better promises. And we've got a better high priest. One that fadeth not away, that lives in the heavens. He said, because when he's telling Moses the true tabernacle, that is with God in the heavens. He said, because when he was telling Moses, he says, you see that you build the tabernacle just like I showed you in the mount. He says, there is a tabernacle plan that's in the heavens. That this has got to look like that. 
because I see a hill far away where on stands an old rugged cross. And hanging on a tree, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. And so it is, church of the living God, today. God has given you the weapons of your warfare that are not carnal. But it's the, it's the law of the two testaments of God. The two edicts of God. One was to death, but the other was to, for life. And did you know that they still got a day that they call Purim? That the Jews still to this day. Because of that, they keep the day of Purim. Where they were liberated from their enemies. And it's a day of feasting and joyousness. And they destroyed their enemy. Because what was meant as death or for life was death in me, but by the blood of Calvary. Because there's a sacrifice finally made that took away sin. And there was life from him that gave his life that enter into, enters into us and gives us strength and power to overthrow the enemy that's in our life. That's why Jesus said, Thou shalt say to this mountain, if you've got a faith as grain of a mustard seed, be thou removed and cast in the underseed. There's more parallels. I didn't get them all. I, maybe I'll come back and do some more. But you don't have to take what the devil's doling out. Because God has given us the weapons of our warfare that are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. Through prayer and fasting, seeking the face of God and being obedient to Him, we can have everything that He promised us that we could have. Amen? Praise the Lord. Let's sing a chorus. They're looking at me like they're expecting something else. Like, just shut up already and let us go home. But I hope I said something, maybe something that would, uh, that would help you. I know there's, there's a lot of stuff. I always remember that I forgot a bunch of stuff. And if I'd have put that other bunch of stuff in there, I would be up here till you know, Y'all would be a bunch of Eutychuses. And when I see one of you flop out in the aisle, I'll know it's time probably to hush and quit. Hallelujah. Let's sing. What you got? What a friend we have in Jesus. Oh, our sins and griefs to bear, and what a privilege it is to carry every 
everything to God in prayer. Everybody help us say it one more time. Say what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sin our sin and grief listening or not leaving but I could talk to the chairs probably <laughs> I wouldn't like it probably but I, I could hallelujah but God's good to us uh, go home get you some rest uh, pray much Pastor Moore will be back Sunday and uh, we'll have normal church Sunday and then Wednesday night supposed to be Brother Jacob Phillips with us Wednesday night and then next Sunday following uh will be brother floyd odom 11 o'clock service one service because uh last time he was here he'd done a morning and evening and it just really took a toll on him uh, believe it or not when you really preach hard if you really like some really do <laughs> when you really get with it and you're running all over the place it really takes a lot out of you so uh let's uh be praying for that be in much prayer for everybody. Lord bless you in Jesus' name. You're dismissed. Thank you. Love you. Praise God. Praise God. Ladies, make sure you sign up on the sign-up sheet for Sunday night. Sister Moore is, uh, yeah, getting a year older. Hallelujah.
Remember, remember, the 7th of July, November.